Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And if you have hit play, you know you're a part of the Let's Ride podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It is everywhere where you find your podcast, and it's a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I want to remind you that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And wherever you get your podcast, you want to search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Those two search terms will get you all the information that you want. For our podcast platform that is so much more than my Let's Ride podcast, it's Dave Schofield's Stat Geek every Thursday, the live mic with Michael Beck on Tuesday, all of our noon lineup, our weekend shows, and all of our PM shows. It's everything that a Steelers fan that is a diehard fan would want. We are giving you that even in the offseason, so make sure you check it out. All right, story time, Ride or Die crew, for all of my loyal listeners out there, story time. So I go to bed Friday night. And I have a great night of sleep, and I wake up Saturday, and I'm expecting to turn on my cell phone and to see Twitter about, I don't know, prospects. And, and people typically tend to want to ask me about, hey, what did you think about this? What did you think about that? Well, 
first and foremost, I want to make something known that I did not watch the Combine. I didn't watch any of the Combine. I didn't even turn my TV on this weekend, I don't think. I did see some clips on Twitter, uh, some people running some ridiculous times, some really large human beings that I didn't think could move that fast and jump that far. Uh, really impressive stuff, but I'm not going to sit here and and blow smoke and say, oh, yeah, I watched every second of the Combine. No. If that's you, go follow Andrew Wilbar. Uh, go check out our Twitter feed. He's the one that's been running it during the combine, putting times out and stuff. He lives for this. It's just not my cup of tea. It's just not. So uh, I was expecting combine news and questions and things of that nature on Twitter. No. What do I wake up to? I wake up on Saturday morning to a pro football talk report about how somehow there are three AFC teams that have put together packages for Aaron Rodgers. One of the teams was the Denver Broncos. Shouldn't surprise anyone. One of the teams was the Tennessee Titans. Kind of a surprise considering Ryan Tannehill, but I get it. That's a team that pretty much seems ready to win. And the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so, of course, of course the fan base is up in arms. They are literally just, oh, my gosh, are, are the Steelers going to do this? I can't. I didn't even think they'd be in, in the running. They're in the running. I can't believe they're in the running for, for Aaron Rodgers. And even though, even though there were a ton of reporters, not just Steeler, fan, Steeler beat writers, we're talking – writers for the Packers and things like that, that all came out and said the same exact thing, that this isn't true, that Aaron Rodgers doesn't hasn't even told the Packers whether he wants to play next season, period, let alone if he wants to be traded. So the first step of this whole process before any team in any organization talks about potentially trading for Aaron Rodgers is the fact that he doesn't know what he's going to do and he hasn't notified the Packers of that yet either. People forget that the Packers still have him under contract. And so the Steelers, they can't do anything. They're going to call and say, oh, we'll give you this, this, and this, when the Packers are like, well, we don't even know if our, if he's playing next year, and we still might want to keep him. So clearly, clearly there was a, this was the talking point amongst the fan base over the weekend, and clearly this is going to be the topic of discussion that I have over this Monday morning podcast. I do want to get, make sure that I announce I do have a Monday morning conversation coming up in the second half. I teased this last week, and maybe you were smart enough to get it. I said, you hear a lot of him on our podcast, but he's never been on a podcast, and that's because you are going to hear a one-on-one interview with myself and none other than the gentleman that provides all the music for every single podcast except the live mic because those Canadians up there do what they want. And that is Mr. Jerry Cherry of the Jerry Cherry Band is going to be joining me in the second half. So I really am excited for this. I hope that you sit back and relax because it's going to be a great conversation in the second half. But this particular part of the podcast is not going to be about the trade with Aaron Rodgers. It's just going to be about trades in general. The truth about Steelers' quote-unquote trades. And so I wrote a, I wrote a letter from the editor article on Sunday. It runs every Sunday. You can check it out at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And it was directed at fans. It was directed at fans. And I I did read a few comments on the article. And someone brought up a really, really great point. And they said, Jeff, you're kind of targeting this at the fans. I think that it's a little misguided. I think it should be targeted at the media. And you know what? They were right. They were right. And I apologize if if it came off that way. The, The angst that I feel and the kind of vitriol that gets me going when it comes to these type of rumors and these type of trade talks, it should be directed at the media, not at the fans. 
I do expect the fan base, especially those that listen to my podcast, especially those that consider themselves to be level-headed, smart, realistic fans, that you don't fall for some of this stuff. But ultimately, it's the media that does this. So it was Pro Football Talk, which is a huge outlet, by the way. They put out this this article with these rumors, and they said that they had sources, and I'm not saying they didn't. I'm not here to bash them or anything like that. But it comes down to you're just kind of looking at it saying, okay, you're talking about all these trades. Fans can react how they want. It's the media. And I also, let's also add this little caveat here. Don't be shocked if this is also player-slash-agent-driven as well. Don't think that Aaron Rodgers, if he has decided that he wants to play, and he has not notified the Packers yet, does not mean that he and his agent haven't had conversations and said, hey, we can play our cards right here. We can say that there's some interest out there already, that there's teams that are ready to put out a bounty, uh, not not a bounty, that's a, that's a bad word. <laughs> I'm not trying to bring up Bounty Gate. They're, they're going to offer a lot to to get his services next season. So they put it out there. That could be a source that goes to pro football talk, and Mike Florio says, hey, Mike, there's teams out there that want him. I, you want If you want to run it, you can run it. But I'm just telling you, there's teams out there they have already put deals together. None of it could be true. It could literally be an agent and a player trying to drive up their price, trying to drive up their market. That's how it works. That's how it works. So at first and foremost, I want to get that out of the way, that this is a media thing, not necessarily a fan thing. I, I, I didn't want my article to come off that way. If it did, I apologize. So everyone wants to talk about these high-profile trades. Okay, they, they want to talk about what would it take to get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson to come to Pittsburgh. And in my opinion, the cost is just way too steep. It is way too steep. So when you think back to 2019, the Steelers do something that no one expected them to do. They send a first-round draft pick to the Miami Dolphins for Minka Fitzpatrick. I remember writing the article that the Steelers were rumored to be in the Minka Fitzpatrick sweepstakes and I was laughed at on social media and in the comment section. People saying, Jeff, there is no way. No way the Steelers would pony up what it would require to acquire a player of Minka Fitzpatrick's pedigree and caliber. And look what happened. So nothing is out of the realm of possibility. But that was only one first-round pick. You look back at what it cost the Rams to get Matthew Stafford from the Lions. It was multiple first round picks that's a different story here folks and let's add on to that 2019 tale a little bit art rooney the second was he made it very public that he was uh, he was just really it was tough for him to make that call let me put it that way it was difficult for him to say you know what yeah let's do it let's send that first round pick and next year's draft we're just going to be sitting on our hands on day one that was difficult for him and that was just one that was just one. And so when I think about what it would take to get a Rodgers, a Wilson, the cost is just too steep. It's just too steep. And it would cost multiple first-round picks. And on top of that, what's going to happen with the contract? You know, Aaron Rodgers is making over twenty, well over $20 million a year. Are the Packers going to pick up some of that? Probably not. So the Steelers would then all of a sudden take what they owe Let's just assume, let's hypothetically say it's Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers comes to the Steelers, what are they, gonna, there goes most of their salary cap space. There it goes, just whoop, just gone. So not only are you losing draft capital, you're also losing salary cap space. It all comes back to one thing. The cost is too steep, in my opinion. It's just too steep. But then there's other type of trades. 
Someone like Matty Peverell loves this. He loves it. He loves it. If you listen to the Touchdown Under or the uh, War Room, or the, I think maybe the Draft Room, I'm not sure. Um, but still, his podcast, he loves Draft Day trades. He loves doing the simulators, the the Draft Network. And it just recently on our Slack channel, uh, I'm going to give him kudos because he always shares them. He put it out there because I accepted every trade possible. Of course he accepted every trade possible. You know, you hear these things where these fans kind of like, I don't know what it is. They, they drum up this interest in their minds of okay the Tampa Bay Buccaneers want the 20th overall pick so all of a sudden the 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 Buccaneers GM I think it might be light or something like that calls up Kevin Colbert and says hey Kevin we want to move up to 20 and Kevin's like okay that's fine what's it mean for the Steelers and then the fans just go they go hog wild on this and it's almost like the 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 Buccaneers would say okay we'll swap first round picks you're still gonna have a first round pick on top of that, we're going to give you a second, and we'll give you a third next year. And everyone's like, yes, we'll do it. We'll do it. Deal, 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 deal. Well, of course, Kevin Colbert would say you have a deal, but that's not going to happen. That's not realistic. The one thing you have to remember is that when it comes to these type of trades, whether it's a trade for a player like Aaron Rodgers or whether it's a trade like on draft day, that these teams, these 32 organizations all covet and value their own draft capital, and they don't want to part ways with it. Sure, last season, the Steelers traded a fourth-round pick in this year's upcoming 2022 draft to go into the fifth round and get Isaiah Loudermilk out of Wisconsin. Say what you want about the pick. That's kind of what you're talking about in terms of compensation. So even if a team does want to trade up, you cannot expect them to give up and not just swap first-round picks this year. You're not going to get a second. You might get a late-round pick as well, and it might not even be in this year's draft. It might be in next year's draft. These are these are more of a realistic output. So when you're thinking about these type of trades, just cool the engines a little bit with some of these outlandish, and that's exactly what it is, outlandish thoughts and draft trades. Now, to Matty Peverell, I bring him up a lot when we talk about draft trades because I do chuckle when I see some of the, the mock drafts where he has like 25 players. But he doesn't go overboard with the crazy draft trades that some people do, so I want to make that very clear. And then the other situation, this is a fan thing. This is not a media thing. Like the, the Aaron Rodgers high-profile articles, rumors, that's a media thing. The media drives that. The like pro football focuses thrive on that. This is a fan thing. This is where fans will look at the Steelers roster and say the Steelers should trade this player. X player, they should trade it to Y team, and the Z should be the compensation. And so let me give you an example. I'll give you the clear-cut example of let's say the Steelers are not sold on Stefan Tuitt returning. He might want to play, but he doesn't want to play in Pittsburgh. Okay, so everyone would say, well, just trade him. That's what the fans think, that they think just trade him. And I'm on board with that. Get something rather than releasing him and getting nothing. That makes sense. But then once you hear when the fans talk about compensation, it's literally just out of this world crazy. Like, you know what crazy. Just bat, you know what crazy. So they'll say, okay, we should trade Stefan Tuitt for a first-round pick and a second-round pick in the following year. And I want this is where I want to tell people to stop. Just stop. I want you to think about Antonio Brown for a second. Antonio Brown was the best receiver in the National Football League. And you could talk about Julio Jones. He was the best receiver. He was the best. He did everything the best. Route running, intermediate, short, deep, didn't matter. Sideline catches, no one did it better. Antonio Brown was the best. And he won it out of Pittsburgh. And yes, the way he got out of Pittsburgh was, it was rough. But what did the Steelers get from the Raiders for Antonio Brown? Anyone remember? Anyone that follows our shows on YouTube should know. 
Because we used to call Antonio Brown Mr. Third and Fifth. They got a third round pick and a fifth round pick. That's it. So you're telling me in this scenario that I laid out with Stefan Tuid that a player that didn't play one snap in 2021 has an unknown knee issue, and we don't know the, the status of that health, and we don't even know if he wants to play football anymore after the death of his brother in that hit-and-run accident down in, I think it was Georgia. We're not even sure if Stefan Tuid is, is emotionally or mentally wanting to play football anymore. Tell me the team that wants to sign up for that trade. This is where it has to come to being realistic. It has to come with the fan base looking at things, taking the black and gold goggles off. I have to do it at times as well. And saying, okay, I don't want to look at this through the Steelers lens. I want to look at it from a realistic lens. Be realistic. And I think this is all a part of what I call the mock draft simulator in the Madden era. It's also life, real life versus fantasy. Fantasy and reality, whatever you want to call it, that's what is happening right now. You have a select group of the fans, not everyone, not everyone. Let me make that very clear. This is not everyone. This is just a select group of the fans that will honestly, they look at these trades and they concoct these things in their mind. They say, yes, they should do this. Yes, we could do this. This isn't Madden. You're not making trades on a video game. This is real life. This is real money for the Steelers. And this is what this the fan base is hoping will win them another Super Bowl title. So let's take, and I've, I've said this multiple times, I've said it multiple times, I said it on Friday, if you missed that show, go check it out. There's going to be these rumors, there's going to be these reports. It's going to be up to you, those listening to this podcast, to be able to decipher from what is real and what is just completely false. And so when Minka Fitzpatrick was being toyed around and they kind of tossed that around as he could be a potential target for someone, there were a lot of people that said, no, there's no way. And it happened. And I understand that that kind of opens Pandora's box a little bit when it comes to trades. However, that was one pick. I want to reiterate that. That was one first-round pick. Getting a player like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, any other big-name quarterback, is gonna. you have to look more to what the Rams gave the Lions. Multiple first-round picks. This is a Steelers team that needs to answer questions in the trenches, offense and defensive line, before they should even entertain selling the farm to get that one guy. If they take this year and they get that, whether it's through free agency and or the draft, they secure the offensive line, they secure the defensive line. If they can do that, then maybe in 2023 or 2024 you say if we're going to sell if if we want that one quarterback that one quarterback that we can get that's going to make us successful for a decade plus then you do it whether that's trading up in the draft whether that's making a trade doesn't matter then you do it but i don't think you do it right now just that's just not that's just not the way to go and maybe that's a discussion for Wednesday. We'll talk about that more but i'll tell you what i'm excited about the monday morning conversation that's right Mr. Jerry Cherry of the Jerry Cherry Band is going to join me. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, Steeler fans, it's the second part of our Monday morning show, and it's the Monday morning conversation. I'm extremely excited about this one. I've kind of teased this a little bit uh, last week and said that you've heard this person on almost all of our shows, but has never been on a podcast. That's because Jerry Cherry of the Jerry Cherry Band is joining me. Jerry, you provide all the music. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Jeff. It's amazing to be here with you, finally. <laughs> I'd laugh because I, I I don't think anyone ever sits there and be like, man, how can I get myself on Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman? But maybe hey, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Jerry, my first question for you: We're gonna we're gonna stick to some Steelers talk before we get to the music because I'm very curious about that as okay. well. Everyone has a Steelers story. Yeah, mine is growing up in Wheeling, West Virginia, which is obviously the bottleneck between Pennsylvania and Ohio and it's Pittsburgh country and all that stuff. But mm. what's your Steelers story? Uh, how did you become a Steeler fan? Where did you grow up? Give us some background. Well, I was actually born in New York. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm actually I live in Brooklyn now, but I've come full circle. Um, you know, I moved to South Florida when I was six years old. So I basically retired when I was six years old, <laughs> moved to South Florida. And, you know, I remember a few years later, well, first of all, I just turned 52. So that's how old I am. basically. <laughs> it's not that old. So I go back, but I go back to, um, you know, being seven years old. I remember watching Denver against Dallas in Super Bowl 12. And I actually remember watching that game. So I don't really remember loving the Steelers yet at that point. But I remember like a year later and two years later watching them like win Super Bowls. Like I clearly remember and I, I got hooked. I just like I got hooked on the, the characters, the team, the colors of the uniforms. I mean, it was everything that just you would think, you know. And um, so here I am, you know, nine, ten years old or eight, nine years old. I remember seeing I had a poster of the Steelers Cowboys because they played in Miami and I lived in I grew up in Fort Lauderdale. So they played the Orange Bowl. And I remember having this poster, it said Super Bowl 13, on it had the Steelers against the Cowboys. And I always thought that was so cool. I clearly remember watching Super Bowl 14. Not as much 13, but I remember 14. I remember like the Stallworth touchdown, the, the, the long deep bomb to Stallworth. And uh, I just remember, wow, this is just amazing. And then they won. And it was a sad, depressing time after that because <laughs> The years to the years to follow. I mean, I know you weren't born so a few years later, but um, you know, the years that followed that. I remember going to school. I was in middle school. I remember every morning checking the uh, the newspaper. I would always look at the standings, you know, just to see, like, because we didn't even have Steelers games on all the time. Where in South Florida, you can never even see a Steelers game. But I remember just following them and seeing the the old AFC Central division and having the four teams, Cleveland and. Pittsburgh and Houston, Cincinnati. And uh, so I followed them all throughout the 80s. And it was just, you know, it was a horrible time. Brian Bad could tell you all about it. He, he remembers <laughs> all of those games. Um, I got into music in, um, when I was 14, you know, in, in 84. You know, that's when I got my, actually, I, was in, I got my first guitar and I started playing. So, like, you know, the, the Steelers, like, I kind of, like, faded out for a few years after that. And, but I still had my eyes on them. I mean, I was still a Steelers fan. 
but I didn't follow them through the 80s. You know, it really wasn't until 92 when Cowher came. And I remember actually watching 91, the end of the season. For some reason, I just started watching. It was on, a game was on TV. And I remember seeing Bubby Brewster in there. And it was, uh, you know, they just, they weren't a very good team, 91. But I remember when Cowher came in in 92, everything just really turned around. And I got hooked again. It, it was just like, it all came right back to me. And I was like, man, it's just, it's great. But in, at, at that time in 92 in South Florida, you couldn't see Steelers. You had to just basically watch whatever was on TV. And I think a, a few years later, I found out about a Steelers bar that would, um, or just a sports bar that have, would have all the games on. And it was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Then I found a Steelers bar that just showed all Steelers game. And I, I basically went there from, from like, maybe 96 or 97, 98, 99, the three years that we just didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Or actually 97 we did. It was 98, 99, and 2000 that we were like horrible. 2001 we went in. So, you know, that that's basically my Steelers story and I've been following them. But one thing I want to tell you that's, that, that upsets me the most about Steelers fans and people from Pittsburgh is that when they ask me where I'm from, I tend to not even answer them anymore because if you if you don't say you're from Pittsburgh, they'll go, ah, a transplant, huh? Yeah. And that's when I want to, that's when I want to stick a fork in their eye. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's the truth. I mean, I always say that, you know, you're a unique case in my opinion, because you didn't come from a, a fair weather fan. I always say that everyone stems from a fair weather fan at some point where, where things are good, they become a fan. Then all of a sudden they have children or something and they pass that on. And then it just stems from that. You've kind of found them on your own. And then being down in Florida, the connection yeah. with the super bowl and the orange bowl and all it's very yeah. unique. It's very interesting. When did you first find behind the steel curtain? I'm curious. I think I know it was at least before the 19 season. Okay. It might've been 18. But I remember watching, it might have been the lead up to 19, because everyone was talking about how great it was going to be. It was, you know, Ben was coming in, then bam, you know, we lose Ben <laughs> in week two. Yeah. But I don't think it was 18. I think I strongly feel it was, it was 19. Okay. Could have been some of 18. But funny story, real quick, when I first stumbled across Behind the Steel Curtain, I saw you with your headsets on and your microphone. It was like a one-piece thing. Yep. Like a Captain Picard here, <laughs> but you reminded me of an old friend named Gary Denowitz that I grew up with. For some reason, I didn't even know what it was. I was scrolling on YouTube and I saw just you, kind of like how you, you know you look. And uh, I was like, this guy just reminds me of Gary Denowitz. So I had to stop just to see. And, uh, and, and your personality is not really like him, yeah. But your mannerisms and the way you look reminded me of, of Gary Denowitz. I later found out when I found out you were a Pisces because we know your birthday just passed. Yeah. So was he, which is a strange coincidence. Anyway, Gary didn't. But anyway, that's how I stumbled across behind the steel curtain. I never really followed any Steelers podcast or our YouTube shows before that either. Wow. At that time, I was just scrolling around YouTube probably more than I ever have had up to yep. that point. And uh, I came across you guys. and I was like, wow, this is just great. A bunch of Steelers, Steelers people talking. And that's awesome. Into it. Gary yeah. must be one hell of a good looking guy. I'll tell you that. He must be a, I mean, he must get all the ladies. If he oh, well, you know. Guard your words there, I'm Gary. To Guard to, I'm going to have to like, you know, fill in Gary about this and like, you know, see what he thinks as well. 
Very good. So I do have to ask you, um, cause you do listen to the show. I know you're a big, uh, I you follow me on Twitter and I, and I appreciate that. And you always pump up the show as much as you can. Um, I want to know how you, how do you watch now? So you talked about the bar down in Florida. Um, do you watch all the games? Is it tough for you? Because I know obviously you're busy on your own. Uh, if so, do you have to go to a bar again? Do you get them at your house? How do you typically watch the Steelers now? I watch every Steelers game from that point on when I, when I realized that you don't have to be in Pittsburgh to watch the Steelers yeah. is when I, I don't miss any game unless, you know, I'm, I'm traveling or if I'm performing or if I'm on a road or something, if I really have to, I've listened to it on, I've listened on the radio yep. to a Steelers network on my earphones, going to a gig. <laughs> I, I started getting the satellite a few years ago, but right now the last few years, especially since the pandemic, I've been kind of like, hacking the um, streaming systems okay where i'll just I'll, I'll buy it month to month yep or i actually have the um you know the first year a few years ago i bought the sunday ticket mm-hmm. while i was streaming and it turns out that the last six games i couldn't see because they were shifting everything around <laughs> it would be so i'd have to buy you know streaming you know things like that and or basically i used to go to a steelers bar when i moved to new york in 2014 i found a steelers bar i went there i found another one it was a little bit better then I wound up finding a place called Blondie's. It's on um, Broadway between, um, it's on 79th Street between Broadway and Amsterdam. It's basically Upper West Side in New York. And I lived kind of close to there. So I went there every Sunday and it was just a bunch of Steelers people collect that would go there forever. I wound up going there for like 10 years. I literally went there starting 2006, no, 2004 because I went there for a year and they, they won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. Like the second year I went there is when they yeah. won the Super Bowl. Um, it was a little bit bittersweet to me that first Super Bowl, oddly enough, because um, my grandfather, the day of the Super Bowl, you know, had a heart attack. I'm sorry oh to mention that. Yeah, he had a heart attack. So it's like, you know, I, 26 years of waiting for the Steelers to get to the Super Bowl. He has a heart attack, but he survived. He's, he's okay, but it put a real like scare in me to yeah. when the game was like, like crazy. So then, you know, fast forward two years. Now we're back in the Super Bowl again. It's 2008. We're going back and forth. Larry Fitzpatrick gets bust through the middle. And, you know, you think we're going to lose. And then we come back, you know, how that ended. But I really felt like after winning the Super Bowl two years earlier, maybe you didn't feel this way. But, you know, when you wait 26 years for something to happen, like, like I did, and it happens, it's like that second Super Bowl for me, didn't feel like as good. I was just like, it just felt like we we're going to be in it every year. Yeah. At that point, it really did. So we're, you know, two years later, we're in it and we won. And it was like, it was good to win it. And I was happy, but it was, it was nothing like the first one. I felt like I just, after that first one, we could have won. I felt like a New England Patriot fan, basically. After that. <laughs> 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 it was well, like, I, how good I, can you feel? After yeah. You, you know? I know growing up in Wheeling, which you still had all the Pittsburgh news, radio, Everyone always talked about one for the thumb, one for the thumb. That's all they, that's all you heard all the time was one for the thumb. This is the year we're going to get one for the Mm -hmm. thumb. And you're right. When they finally did, it was just kind of like this huge burden was lifted off your shoulders. Then to be back there two years later and winning it again was pretty incredible. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this current team in their current state of flux in the off season. Well, what do you think about Mm -hmm. the Steelers approach to the off season? If you were to kind of, be the um we'll call it the uh the armchair gm if you're kevin colbert <laughs> how do you think the steelers should approach this offseason what are your thoughts 
Well, I found out recently that the last two Super Bowl winning teams, which was unusual and it never happened before, they took in new quarterbacks, whether free agency or a trade. I don't know how they acquired Tom Brady. First year goes to Tampa, wins the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford goes to um, L.A., wins the yep. Super Bowl. That's never happened. Not even with Joe Montana when he went to Kansas City yep. in 93 could that happen. I believe that a team can't get a free agent quarterback, star quarterback, and win. It has to be like something. But apparently, times have changed. So why not, Pittsburgh, go out and get yourself a, a star quarterback and win it now? Do you think that the, the Rams were that much better than the Steelers to where they were a quarterback away? For winning their team overall team. I mean, their defense is great, Aaron Donald, but we got TJ Watt. Are you comparing like yeah, I mean, apples to oranges here? That's a tough question. I and mean, you definitely bring up a good a good debate for sure. But I mean, it's I, I don't know. Do you think the offensive line for the Steelers is one player away? Like a quarterback away to, of protecting anybody? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> um, is their offensive line that much worse than the Rams? O-line. Yeah. This is the interesting, this is the interesting part of the off season debate is, you know, everyone, everyone's considering, do you sell out and do the LA Rams method of, of going out and trying to find that guy, or do you try to build for the future? I personally believe that the Steelers, they're not a short-sighted organization, never have been, probably never will be. I can't see them ever doing what the Rams did in terms of selling so much and mortgaging their future to win right now. Um, I think they want sustained success. That's the Steelers. And so I, well, I, I tend to think they're not going to do that big fish free agent trade, whatever that is. Well, the Rams, they just like really mortgaged the farm. I mean, they get so yeah. many players. I'm just talking about one, a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Like they got like five, you know, they really went into debt. Yeah. Know, their players, you know, and, but just a quarterback could be a little bit different, you know, with Tampa, was Tampa Bay much better than Pittsburgh before Tom Brady came in? Tampa Bay was quietly a really good team and a really good defense that no one talks about. Even they won, they won the Super Bowl. That defense was really good. Yeah, and that's Devin something White that you know you think about. Uh, yeah, the the White Devin White. They had uh, Antoine Winfield in the back, and they had spent a lot of draft capital on their defense. And it felt like you know, in hindsight, they were just a quarterback away with Mike Evans and. Uh, so they, they brought in Fournette. Uh, they, they made some very good, I would say, uh, calculated decisions. We'll put it that way. We'll put yeah. it that way. So you think they should sell? That's fine. Hey, that's fine. Hey, everyone has. I don't know about sell out. I, I wouldn't mind if they brought in like a, a star quarterback. You know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't mean like five, you know, three or four players that are going to break the bank. But, you know, if they made a deal with like Russell Wilson, yeah. you know, or. Aaron Rodgers ain't going anywhere. He's going to stay in Green Bay, you know. We'll see. But Russell Wilson or, you know, Jimmy G, you don't like Jimmy G. No. But uh, <laughs> but who else is there, really? You know, there's a couple of other, like, B-level that, guys, that's, like the, that's the Chicago, thing too. You know. Yeah, if you're not going to get a big fish, then you know, do you want to even sell yeah. anything? Mm-hmm. So that's the that's thing. I'll tell you that's that's a debate we could have for for a long. I yeah. want to talk to you a little bit about music because you're obviously a musician. You have, and by the way, just a big yeah. thank you for giving us the green light to use your music for all of our shows, except for the crazy Canuck up north, Michael Beck. I don't know where <laughs> he gets his little guitar riff that he uses, but um, yeah. 
it might be small to you, but it's big to me. Mm -hmm. I remember we were transitioning into being on YouTube more and I was getting messages from the SB nation, um, podcast producer. And he said, Hey, I'd love to have you guys get some music on there. And I said, yeah, I agree with you. We need kind of like a professional feel. And I said, do you have any tips? And he said, well, unless you know someone that is willing to let you use their music, you got to use these free tracks that you can. He sent me some websites. These tracks were awful. I mean, <laughs> it sounded like yeah. lobby elevator music, music that you would hear, you know, when you're going yeah. through uh, Macy's like department. Royalty free. Like yes. royalty free to yeah. music you know and so that's when i reached yeah. out to you because you had been in our live chat and i had seen some yeah. of your music before on youtube and i was like i'm just gonna take a shot in the dark and see if he's okay with the yeah. season's music you said yes i just want to thank you while you're here for letting us do that because that's it does make a huge difference i don't know it's gotta be pretty cool though right hearing your music on our podcast absolutely i love it we, we debuted, we debuted I, one that's of why songs. i listen i mean that's why i listen to let's ride i mean what are you thinking <laughs> we debuted no. i remember one of your songs you had sent me the mp3 and said hey i'm gonna put out this yeah. new song and i think that's now yeah. dave schofield okay. intro yep. yeah stone stoned and gone yes it's a great song okay. so but you know like real quick on that um how it actually got started was when you guys did like a you were talking about renegade Yes. So when your podcast, you talk about Renegade and you're like, well, what other song would be better if they didn't use Renegade? Remember that one? Everyone's chiming in on like yeah. what songs. And I said, I actually have a song that would be better. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be better. I love Renegade. I've always loved Sticks, even before the Steelers started using that. But I wrote this song for that reason, like years ago, Down to the Wire. It's the opening riff of Let's Ride. And, uh, but actually... Um, I, I actually didn't write that guitar riff. I wrote that song in 1987. I was 17 years old. Wow, that's awesome. You were born or 83? I was, I was in 83, so I was four. 83, okay. It was, 19, it was the 80s, and I was in a band called No Reason. And it was 1987. There was another guitar player. It was a dual guitar player band. The other guy, Carl Bailey, he wrote the riff. Right? As a band, we all arranged the song. We all put it together. I came in one day. I wrote all the words. So that's how we were. All, the, all of us wrote for the singer. The singer was too busy chasing girls around <laughs> to do anything. That's, that's <laughs> right. So I came in. I wrote that. We recorded demos of it, but it never, for years, I would watch football. And I would hear my, uh, Al Michaels or Chris Collinsworth at the end of the game. It's like two minutes left, and they're down by a, touch, a field goal. This one's down to the wire. <laughs> This one's down to the wire and it would <laughs> kill me inside because I had a song called down to the wire. And I was like, I got to get this out before someone else, someone's going to have, they're going to play a song called down to the wire. Every time a game's down to the wire, which is basically every game, especially yeah. this last playoff game. Right. So it's like, I had to do it. And I was recording my latest album. I started in 2017. The first song I wrote, and I actually lived in Chinatown. It was a small, I, I recorded that in a shoebox bedroom in chinatown i started the album first song was married to myself which is the second riff that you use going yep. into the to the break da, 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 that one and um so i wrote that one the second song was like i got it while i'm recording down to the wires is coming out so i rearranged it and i played everything on, i played everything on the whole record drums the bass the guitars i sang background mixed it engineered everything on it wow and uh so that riff and then the song was done I was like, I got a song, you know, and I, and 
I didn't know it would just be like that, you know, like like the riff. I always thought it would be like the cue, like down to the wire, the lyric. Yeah. But the riff that Carl wrote is a great riff, and it, it's perfect. And um, I'm so happy whenever I hear it. It just sounds like I just have a smile on my face. You know? <laughs> well, from, from the I'm, very beginning to the middle to the to the end, it's it's, it's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad. And um. You know, I, I want to kind of pick your brain. I, I love music. I do dabble in the guitar and the harmonica. And I grew up singing uh, basically like yeah. church music. And, and, the, and my, my mom would drag me to choir practice and stuff. And um, I love music. So I want to ask, like, what what is your probably like if, if you were to pick just a handful of artists or genres that you feel like have really shaped <laughs> your style? Um, what were some of the bands that you always lean on? Uh, you're a rocker. I know that. But uh what what are some of those bands that you're like, these bands really influenced me in a lot of ways? Going back to when I was a kid, I grew up as a metalhead. You know, it was Van Halen, Ozzy Osbourne, all the 80s metal, Rat, Ingve Malmsteen was an amazing guitar player, like Shredder, Virtuoso, Neoclassical. I grew up listening to, to those guys, you know, 80s guitar players. Yeah. But, you know, as we got into more of the 90s, it was more of like... Um, like more Radiohead. I got a little like melancholy with some of the 90s stuff. <laughs> I fell in love. Yeah. I fell in love with a band called The Verve. Oh, yeah. I don't remember if you remember The Verve, Richard uh -huh. Ashcroft. Yeah. So, you know, I got into more songwriting and then the, the classics, Beatles. If you, if you ask me now what I listen to most, it's it's 70s guitar players like Jeff Beck, mm -hmm. Allman Brothers. Southern rock stuff. I mean, I really oh, love that all right. country rock stuff, real playing type stuff that really has soul, you know, because I like listening to, now I like listening to guitar players that my idols really listen like the, the guys in the 80s, they listened to Jeff Beck and, yeah. you know, and that Jimmy Page and, uh, you know, Eric Clapton. So they listen to the blues. So I'm a real big fan of the blues. And I think um, all the music that I listen to and love comes from, some form of the blues. I love how you talked about, you know, when you were a kid, it, your music evolves so much and your taste evolves yeah. and it's natural. Like I, I, I have a similar story. I mean, when I was a kid, I just listened to whatever my brother did. He was three years older than me. He went through a yeah. gangster rap phase. I went through a gangster rap <laughs> phase. He went through, uh, you know, like a, a local band in Pittsburgh, the Clarks. He listened to them a little bit. I listened to the Clarks. And then um, my best friend from Pittsburgh, he listened to Queen. I started getting into Queen and I listened to a lot of Queen music. Yeah. But and then I, I got into heavy metal in high school and and then in college, I got into like that's when I was introduced to like more, like you said, the mellow music, the Jack Johnson, the Jimmy Buffett. Uh, I was yeah. definitely wanting to calm myself down more than ramp myself up. And yeah. now I've kind of gone all the way back to my roots in West Virginia. And now I'm listening to like, bluegrass and country music yeah. and the Southern yeah. rocks of uh, Chris Stapleton and Sturgill Simpson, some really good songwriters yeah. though. Oh, yeah. Like it's different. Yeah. It's a different genre, but um, in, in some tremendous musicians in bluegrass music, people just don't like the sound, oh, which God. is fine. I, but I mean, yeah. in terms of the guitar oh. and the banjo and all the, the fiddle yeah. and stuff, it's just tremendous stuff. But no, it's, it's so true how everything just kind of yeah. it ebbs and flows and you go through moments. And that, that's really cool that you had that too. And I go back and listen to it. Like I'll, I'll go in and, Put on Rat, like their first couple of records of Motley Crue, just to, for a little while. But I can only take so much. Like, I'm not the same. Like, exactly, I appreciate yeah. it. And I love the tone. I love the feel. And, and a lot of the, what I play now, if you listen to those songs, Married to Myself, Down to the Wire, very 80s yeah. influence. So I feel like I'm from a genre where, like, 
you almost and I play in 80s tribute bands you know I've made a living like playing that stuff you know um you have to in order to have that feel correctly you almost have to be from that time like I hear people that are way younger than me they're really great and they try to play that but there's a little bit something missing it's just the feel <laughs> they didn't live it you know they could be they didn't live it they you didn't know? live they it. didn't struggle <laughs> at the time you know like I did well, as a guitar player, I do love your YouTube videos. I have checked out many and I've actually picked up the guitar. Um, yeah. I don't have an electric or anything. I just have a, a plug-in acoustic, a Fender, Dreadnought. I, spent, I saved a lot of money to buy that guitar. It has a self-tuner. I'm like, this is everything I'll ever need. This and a capo. Give me a campfire. I can play a few songs. Um, yeah. But it definitely does. I do appreciate all the work you do. Let our listeners know how they can find your music, whether it's your YouTube channel or anything like that. Okay, well... Um jerrycherry.com it's my website but that and um you know i've been building up my youtube page youtube slash jerry cherry band there you go <laughs> i think when i first picked up the youtube there's someone there was a jerry cherry some some asian kid you know <laughs> 11 years 11 year old jerry cherry has it so i figured i'd just put a band that's why i always did like starting out just throw band at the end of it yeah you know which goes my facebook as well it's jerry cherry band or the Jerry Cherry, one of them. But um, I guess if you want to hear everything, you know, Spotify, both my albums, Life is Sweeter. I, I put out an album in 2008 called Life is Sweeter. Um, some of the music from your shows are on there, a song called Free mm -hmm. Show. I know that um, it's on, on there. And um, I don't know, Big City Life, I thought would always be a great riff too. So check that one out too. If you Definitely, I will. Riff. That's a great intro riff. And then um, the latest album, Married to Myself, which was um, 2019, the end of, I wanted it to be in this decade. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. I waited till 2000. I didn't want to wait till January. Yeah. You know, because it was 2008 when I put up my last record and I didn't want to miss a decade without putting a record <laughs> out. So I put it out at December 16th of 2019. Down to the wire. People said, wait. <laughs> yeah, it was down to the wire. Right? <laughs> and, um, that's crazy. But I've been putting in a lot of work the last two years since the pandemic, basically. Um, I just really got in when there was nothing else to do. I started making videos and, you know, doing tutorials and gear reviews. And now I go live every Sunday at 11 o'clock Eastern time for like a half an hour. I just like do online guitar demonstrations of, you know, blues, yeah. licks or, you know, modes and scales and just, you know, stuff that I like to do. And it pushes me to play, which yeah. is a great thing. Which is like every Sunday I have to like really dive in and be good because I can't just, you know, teach something that I'm that I need to learn, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Even though I do that. Yeah. Well, it's it's great to have you on the show. I always give my guests a chance to say a little something to the ride or die crew to finish it out here. So you have the stage, you have the platform. Go ahead. Ride or die crew, uh, you are the best because you know, I really love and, and you guys must love it too, listening to Jeff. He's so consistent Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You know you're going to get something, a great story. You're going to hear the voice of the Steelers. <laughs> That's how I feel about Jeff. It's like he's the voice of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I trust what you're saying. You know, I agree with m most of what you're saying. Even if I don't agree, you put it in a way to where it's like, okay, you, I don't want to, like, argue, you know, with you about it. It's, <laughs> it's just great. So, um, hey, what Ride or die crew. I'm just happy to be like a little part of this whole family of, of behind the steel curtain. When, whenever I get on your, you know, when I chat in the chat boxes, you know, everyone's so friendly and so cool and they, they appreciate it. My music's getting out there because 
you know, it's out on your, your platforms. And, um, you know, you're kind enough to, to mention it. That's for me. And, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. You know, I really appreciate, I really appreciate being part of something like this that I feel like it's just really, truly amazing. And, um, and I'm, I'm totally grateful. And I'm, I'm so happy that I stumbled across you. And I thought you were my friend, Gary. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy you did too. I'm happy you did too. Thank you for taking the time. Sirens going off. All hell's breaking loose out there in Brooklyn. Is that you or it's Brooklyn? Yeah, that's it's me. me. Yeah, that's not me. Must be me. That's not me and Mary. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming to get me. Yeah. So, Jerry, thank you for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. Make sure you check out his YouTube channel. You can check him out on Facebook as well as on Spotify. Check out the music. You won't be disappointed. Um, I'm going to have you on again, though, so make sure you all I be prepared. It. And um, yeah. as we always finish out my shows here, be safe, be kind, and God bless. I will see you all on Wednesday for another Let's Ride. Go see you. My candles burning bright. I sleep for three to four hours every night. Sleeping coffee burning all till the morning light. My switches never turn off. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.